Hello, 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 and welcome to Navigating Preteen Ministry. My name is Sam Beam, and I am so glad that you decided to join me today on this wonderful episode. It's a full episode, so we're going to be diving deep uh, into today's topic and really talking about some awesome things, and I'm super excited about what we've got today. So, you guys, be sure to stay tuned because we are talking about some real good uh, preteen-specific stuff today. Before we do, I want to jump into today's uh, shout-out, which is going to be the source of our conversation today. Uh, it was an article that I found um, off kerrynewhoff.com, and so I'm really just going to be shouting out Kerry Newhoff and the things he does. Kerry Newhoff is a wonderful podcaster and a wonderful leader, and he does a lot of leadership and, you know, all sorts of stuff like that, training and resources and uh, he really just does a great job of, of breaking down these big concepts and, and making them easily digestible. Um, and so this article that I'm uh, referencing is off of his website. It's written by Dylan Smith. Um, but we're going to be talking about some of the things that um, Gen Z, uh, things in Gen Z that uh, our church might be missing. Um, and I, I, I looked through this and it was just really good. It was really hitting the nail on the head as to what I've been feeling recently when it comes to preteen ministry. I don't know how you guys are feeling, but I'm feeling the tide is shifting and what it means to be a preteen and what it means to be a kid in our world. And it is very, very hard for them um, to uh, have a, a normal and, and, and regular life, right? I feel like um, the more and more technology becomes accessible to them, the faster and faster they're growing up. You know, uh, hundreds of years ago, uh, kids grew up really fast because, you know, they had to work for their family or they had to support. Um, and, and even in recent years, in the last hundred years, you know, kids have been able to really slow down that, that push into adulthood because uh, parents are providing for them, right? And they have all that they need and they can uh, play and be kids and, and enjoy. And I feel like we're slowly slipping away from that with technology in the way that it's on the rise because the the pressures of this uh, current society are really, really intense on our kids because the moment they get a phone and access to the internet, they have all this access to all of the things um, that they are or are not doing and how they need to change and what they need to look like and what they need to act like. And um, looking back at pictures of me at 11 versus some of the 11-year-olds I'm teaching, I'm like, oh my gosh, y'all are light years ahead of where I was. So I say all that to say that I've got a few things that we um, as a church might be ignoring when it comes to Generation Z, when it comes to um, some of the teenagers uh, and uh, even down into the preteens. Um, and that's why I really wanted to jump in today. Um, and so uh, I have just five five points here uh, kind of pulled from the article that I saw that I really want to stop and discuss when it comes to our preteen ministry. Um, and and the first thing is, is one thing we might be missing in our church and in our ministry is the understanding that at this day and age, a preteen can watch who they want, when they want, however long they want. Um, it does not matter what a kid is into. There is hundreds of thousands of hours of content for them to consume and that number grows daily as uh you know youtubers and and all of that content creators are creating more and more um and so our kids uh, and our preteens can watch whatever they want whenever they want and so the main point of this that we need to think about in our churches is how are we 
engaging them. Because the reality is, if they want to be engaged, they can open up their tablets, their phones, their computers, their laptops, whatever they have, and go and get engaged in whatever they want. And so uh, this is one of those balances that's difficult to maintain because our, our goal in, in the church is not to entertain. Our goal in the church is not engage, but our goal in the church is to captivate the hearts and minds of students with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we have to think about how we can um, captivate these students' hearts without losing them to the grasp of technology. And here's the thing, we are all adults and we know the grasp of technology because we feel it. I, honest truth, just spend 15 minutes before this podcast recording session looking at my phone because it has a strong pull to entertain. And so we have to engage and captivate their hearts with the wonders and mystery of the gospel. And if we're not doing that in a relevant way, then a kid may be inclined to pick up the tablet or the phone or something different to engage their minds. So we have to be aware that these preteens can engage themselves however they want. The second thing um, is is if we want to build a long-term trust, we need to have uh, real relationships. Um, and depending on your ministry, this may look different, but uh, I mean, I know uh, I am technically, if we're, if we're going by the age range, I am Generation Z. Uh, I was born in 99. I think 96 was the cutoff. Um, and I can relate to this. It's like, I don't want to have a surface level relationship. And I think that's really a sentiment of people my age and younger. And, I, and I'm sure that it's it's not just my age and generation, but it's just much more um, visible uh, and, and tangible in our generation. Is that if you want me to respect you, if you want me to uh, want a relationship with you, I need to know that you care about who I am and, and what I do. Uh, and this looks like a lot of different things, but at the end of the day, we need to make it personal um, in our relationships with these preteens, right? And that comes down to our volunteers, it comes down to us and how we lead. A preteen needs to walk in and know, oh, this person cares. Oh, this person knew about my baseball game. Oh, this person knew I lost my baseball game and they're comforting me. Um, or, you know, all of these things, we need to show that we care and that we make it personal because if a preteen, uh, let me just tell you, preteens, kids can sniff out a faker from a mile away. If they know that you aren't authentic, if they know that you aren't um, trying, or if they catch you lacking in an area, which trust me, they will. I have been called out so many times by like a 12 year old and I'm like, Oh, that hurt. But, but it's true. And if they do, um, you will lose that connection. Um, and you may lose that, uh, engagement from a student. Number three, and this one, uh, is where it's interesting after these, these next three are really interesting. And I want you guys to put on your, um, just big, thinking caps with me as we dive into some of these concepts. But number three is that our preteens and our kids are being trained to view themselves as a brand. They view themselves as a brand with content creation, with social media, with YouTube. Uh, all of that is taking off at a huge rate. Um, if you ask most kids now, uh, you know, the dream job is gone from, you know, I want to be a scientist. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a firefighter. Now it's YouTuber. They say, I want to be a YouTuber. I think I would probably 65% of my kids would, if I asked, they would say, I want to be a YouTuber because the idea is glamorous, right? Uh, you know, maybe they're like the video game YouTubers and they think oh, I could just sit around 
around and play video games all day. Like, how great would that be? So they view themselves as a brand. What content, what stuff can they contribute to bring people in? So we have to show them why. We have to show them uh, why the church, why uh, the gospel matters for their quote-unquote brand. I think the best way to think about it is to tell them what's in it for them, which is a rather, it's an interesting way, and it's a hard way to quantify how do we teach our students what's in it for them, right? When it comes to uh, the gospel and accepting Jesus, that seems like a selfish um, point of view, and, and I think some of it is. It is legitimately just a poor point of view to come from, but it is a point of view that our kids are being trained to view as. And so when we approach this, when we're explaining the gospel, we have to explain what's in it for them. Um, and the reality is, uh, you know, what it is, what's in it for them is relationship with the eternal Father. Um, and it's not like, a, you know, follow Jesus or you'll burn in hell. Like, it's not like a, a, a fear tactic. Like, we're not doing that, but we have to explain uh, what's in it for them when it comes to following Jesus, right? They don't want to just know, you know, follow Jesus because he loves you, um, follow Jesus so you don't go to hell. It's like, what is the benefit for a preteen to follow Jesus? And you really can get into, uh, I, I like to bring up how it feels after you've sinned, right? It's like, that's icky. And we know that feeling, that that feeling in our hearts um, in our souls that we've done something wrong when we know we've disobeyed and we've gotten ourselves in trouble. We don't enjoy that. But the gospel brings us new life, right? It removes that burden of sin when we trust Jesus. Uh, and so these kids that are trying to view themselves as a brand, as something that always needs to be growing and doing better, we have to uh, entertain the gospel um, in, in how it can change and transform them for the better. So be sure to point out those things, how the gospel can shape their hearts and, and change uh, the sin in their lives. And, and, and testimonies are a great way to do that. Don't sleep on the power of a testimony, uh, especially from a trusted leader. Uh, if preteens can hear uh, what it was like for a trusted leader and the things they went through, then um, for the future, they are able to reference that idea. Um, number four, um, and this one is just kind of growing with our culture, uh, but that is that diversity is not optional when it comes to your ministry. Um, our our culture, uh, our our students, our kids are picking up more and more um, on diversity, on what it looks like. Our world is becoming more and more diverse as we globalize, and as you know, I can watch uh, a, a, a South Korean drama dubbed over in English that you know twenty years ago never would have happened, and I can connect with another part of the world. So when it comes to your ministry, diversity is not optional either, right? Um, and the, and that, 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 that's a big, broad diversity when I say that um, culturally, right, racially, those are important diversity things to have in your ministry and to be seeking after. Um, but also presentation-wise, teaching-wise, entertainment-wise, um, kids are, uh, like I said in the beginning, have such a wide uh, access to all of these different things that if you are uh, – doing are you presenting the gospel in a monotonous manner they will get tired of it so you have to diversify um i do diversification um in my teachers right i try and never have the same teacher teaching two weeks in a row uh the same game host two weeks in a row uh, i change up how i present uh, i add in 
object lessons and some of them are physical and tangible and some of them are story based and some of them are um, you know just examples and ideas for them but diversity in our ministry is not optional we have to make sure that we are diverse in both um, the people that are in our ministry uh, and the way we're presenting our ministry and in all of those little areas even the games and the entertainment we have change it up and keep it fresh do not get stagnant in your ministry because like I said the entertainment the way things are moving so fast and so quick is that a student can lose engagement very quickly um, if they are receiving the same basic lesson or the lesson taught the same basic way over and over again diversify how you're presenting and carrying your ministry I mean the last but not least this one is probably the newest and maybe the most difficult to uh, really quantify for us but it is uh, that that mental health um, and the mental health crisis is not going away. Um, and I say this from a Gen Z point of view. Uh, if you're listening, especially if you're older, this concept of the mental illness crisis, you know, what's going on is, is something difficult to understand because as y'all grew up, you didn't experience uh, the, the just broad spectrum of uh, things that kids are experiencing online. And I myself know that I'm a product of that, right? I experience those things um, in regards to the mental health crisis, and I and I relate to our students. But I want to uh, clarify for all of you guys that it is not going away. You see, the mental health crisis, I, I, I think, and I think a lot of other people can agree, uh, really does fall onto the burden of technology and, and, and how it's shifting and shaping our culture and the fact that a, a 11-year-old student can pull up the news and see all that's happening. And there's no way that that's, you know, like our, we weren't designed for that. We weren't designed to know everything that was happening all across the globe. That's just not how we were created. But the sad reality is that students, and I guilty raise my hand here, uh, will also say that the pain uh, and, and the mental health toll that it takes on us, uh, we are willing to take that burden for the benefit of technology. So we have to think in our ministries, how can we address that? How can we address the epidemic of anxiety and depression and suicide um, and all of these mental health illnesses that 20 years ago were not, a, were not a thing, right? Like, you know, yeah, people had depression 20 years ago and people had anxiety uh, 20 years ago, uh, but you can look up statistics and just the, the climbing rate of these mental health illnesses is alarming. Um, and so it's not going away. How are we in our ministry, even with preteens, going to deal with that? I know around 11 or 12 is when I began to um, realize and discover uh, about mental health and all of these things and, uh, you know, other people experiencing things. Uh, I got to witness that online. I, I, I experienced uh, just all sorts of craziness um, and realizing that in these preteen years. And so we have to realize that our preteens are doing the same thing, um, that they are experiencing um, – new emotions, new feelings, and they're watching others experience those as well. So in our ministry, we have to really dive into uh, what it looks like to, one, encourage our kids to to, to find ways to outlet these emotions, right? Uh, we have the great news of the gospel that is always an encouragement, uh, but it's not the 
simple solution, right? We can't just pray away our, our feelings quite as easily as we'd want. So we have to direct them to a strong relationship with leaders and, and talking and discussing these feelings and um, really diving deep with our kids and what it looks like, right? The lessons and the, the, the things and the ideas we're teaching, I feel like, are slowly uh, moving back year after year. Um, and what was once reserved for, you know, like high school seniors is now being discussed in seventh and eighth graders. And the things that, you know, the eighth and ninth graders moving into high school would discuss, the preteens are now dealing with. And so we really have to stop and take note of the things. And I'm going to go over the five points again, is that our, our students can engage in whatever they want, whenever they want. And so we have to engage as well. Um, if we wanted a, a authentic relationship, we need to make it personal and we need to get to know our preteens. Uh, our preteens are being trained to see themselves as a brand. And, and what the result of that is that they need to know what's in it for them. What is the reward? What is the, the benefit that they can get from following Jesus? And we know there's a ton of benefits. And the reality is that's not what it's about. Um, but when we can explain the gospel in that way, it will connect with our preteens. Number four is that diversity is not optional, uh, whether it's racial, whether it's how you're presenting, whether it's how you're teaching, how you're um, you know, sharing the gospel. Um, diversity is not optional in your ministry. And number five is that the mental health um, you know, epidemic in our country is not going away. And we have to be there for our preteens um, and our kids um, because they're experiencing and witnessing all sorts of things. And uh, we need to be there to share the love of the gospel in all of those moments. So that is all I have for you guys today. Today was a bit everywhere, and a lot of it was just stuff on my heart um, as I'm watching these preteens grow that I hope we can all be unified as we uh, love on these students. Um, once again, this was an article off of Carrie Newhoff's website, and I will be linking that down below if you want to look into it. Um, there's a little more, more explanation on some of the topics and, and a few additional ones I didn't quite include because it wasn't quite... Um, it didn't quite fit the preteen zone, but uh, either way, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, and as always, I'll see you guys Monday with our nugget. Bye.